Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. Welcome to Patio Season, Leafs Nation. I uh, hope you liked the video that we put out on YouTube um, to introduce our patio season. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, go to any of our social media profiles, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. Uh, so we're starting off the show today with a couple of NHL news items. So a quick note that the NHL upped the salary cap for next season by a whole $1 million. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> yeah, so for the upcoming season, the cap will be $83.5 million. Uh, the other item that got a lot of attention was the NHL announcing that they will no longer have pregame themed jerseys, um, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think the only, I guess, the only real comment I have uh, is I think Steven Stamko said it best. Um, he said it was 98% or 99% of the other players that wore the jersey and enjoyed wearing it and were proud wearing it. Uh, whatever that jersey was, whether it be Pride, the Military Night, Cancer Nights, um, that's what Steven Stamko said. And he said, which I this I totally agree with. He understands like the the part of it where there's the controversy, that's what gets the clicks and that's where it gets the views. But the word distraction gets thrown around. I don't think it's, he said, he doesn't think it's hard uh, or sorry, he doesn't think it had to be a distraction. It could have been a non-issue while focusing on the good that's coming out of those nights. So I think that's mainly hundred uh, percent. I, yeah. I agree with that. And there's a lot of groups that, you know, this is a way to amplify a lot of different, a lot of different groups and focusing on, you know, like the 1% of people that don't want to participate. Um, I don't know that it's, you shouldn't be catering to those people because yeah. the greater good is, is now suffering. So um, yeah, like uh, the NHL and the NHLPA also, let's not forget, shouldn't be kowtowing to those players. Those players don't want to participate, then, you know, don't participate. Just yeah. focus on all the other people that that are, you know, promoting and amplifying these causes and um, and welcoming, you know, all these different groups to the game. Because now yeah. all of the, you know, the extra funds that are raised to support these causes are, are not going to be available. Yeah. So, I mean, I still think that teams can do you know, their own things away from these organized they're still nights. Gonna, yeah, they're and still gonna I think have it's the... going to be incumbent on the teams to do that going forward. You know, like, you know, the Leafs, for example, they always uh, participate in the pride parade. Um, mm -hmm. They, you know, they go to various different hospitals for things, um, you know, it's yeah. anyways, yeah, unfortunate still... is even not even a strong enough term. So it's, yeah. it's sad yeah. to see that this, this is happening. Yeah, they they're still going to do the the jerseys, I guess. It's just the fact that they're not going to wear them during the warm up. Right. Still, I mean, I don't know. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, anyhow, it's more about welcoming people, and we're happy to welcome everyone who listens to our show and follows our show. So, we just want to take a minute to to thank our listeners around the world. Yeah, so we've grown a lot since 2019, and it's great to see that we have listeners in countries like France, the UK, India, Japan. They're day oneers and yeah. <laughs> uh, New Zealand, in addition to many other countries. So we just want to say thank you to everyone to, who listens to our, us throughout the globe. Um, it's yeah. it's just fantastic, and it's a testament to you know the 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 spread and the you know how popular Leafs Nation is throughout the world. So um, 
We thank you so much for listening. And we just wanted to give you a shout out to let you know that we see you and we are so grateful, grateful to you. So now it's time to get into the show and we're going to have a little bit of talk about the, the news of the new women's hockey league that will start up in January, 2024. And then with so much leaf content coming out from the draft and free agency, uh, we want to get into that uh, in our third period segment. And we even invited our ladies talking leagues insider, Mike Agello to do that with us. So without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. All right. So huge news for the uh, women's hockey, um, as it was announced that a new league is going to start up in January 2024. Uh, It's going to end the feud uh, that's been going on for quite some time, apparently, between the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association and the Premier Hockey Federation. Yes, so the new league is going to be run by the Mark Walter Group and the Billie Jean King Enterprises and is going to have six teams. So the fact that Billie Jean King is involved, that's actually a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, she, they were, they and the Mark Walter Group, um, they had a stake in, uh, the, the professional uh, women's hockey players association before. And now that they're uh, they've got also a stake in the premier hockey foundation. Um, that's a really big deal. Uh, Billie Jean King is, has uh, basically a, an activist and, and has been um, working for a gender equality uh, since basically since we were right. born, Chris, and <laughs> yeah. I don't know, we, you may remember uh, tennis, uh, her tennis match against uh, Bobby Riggs. That was a huge, huge, big deal uh, with her yeah. beating him in the battle of the sexes yeah. uh, back in the seventies. And um, yeah, the fact that her name is behind this, um, yeah. it gives this uh, new um, partnership instant yeah. credibility and, and is going to do a lot for the women's game. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to do a lot. I mean, there was some, I guess, comments that I heard about how the, I guess there were some contracts that were signed with the um, Premier Hockey Federation for next season and that Mm -hmm. those are now void with this new league taking over. Um, And it puts a lot of those players in a difficult spot. And, and the fact that it's six teams, um, we don't know where, where the six teams are going to be, but I guess the opportunity there, it's going to be, smaller number of let's say players uh women's hockey players but still it's gonna i think it's gonna be good because it's gonna give them it's gonna be one league uh to have a focus on and you're gonna see more of the stars shine like and i think that's what you need before growing the game the women's game even more with more players i think they need to focus on the stars yeah, you got to start somewhere and yeah. uh, hopefully this will be the push that will help the NHL decide to finally put their stamp on this and get involved as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it can only go up from here. So there's going to be more and more opportunity for for women to play on a high level. And that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. All right. So definitely a big move for the women's game. And from what a lot of current and former players are saying, it will change the future of the game for the better, which we obviously agree. So now we're going to talk about some big moves made by the Leafs in our third period segment with our Ladies Talking Leafs insider, Mike Agello. Okay. So for our third period segment, we want to welcome to the show our Ladies Talking Leafs insider, Mike Agello. Last time Mike was here, we were talking about the departure of Kyle Dubas. And since then, we obviously know that 
things have changed quite a bit. And Brad True Living is now the GM and the NHL draft is done and free agency has opened up just yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday. So um, we have lots to talk about with Mike, including some breaking news. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, Mike uh, covers the Leafs and the NHL as a reporter and does a podcast uh, with HockeyBuzz.com. He is co-host of Off the Post Radio and the Leafs Convo, and he is a writer for Full Press Hockey. Mike also covers the Buffalo Sabres as a lead writer for uh, with Buffalo Hockey Now. So as always, thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Good evening, ladies. It's a pleasure as always. And in my spare time, I juggle and do feats of magic. So there you go. <laughs> Yes, um, multi-talented. Yes. Yeah, so much spare time that you have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So first off, Mike was actually at the NHL draft in uh, Nashville. So how is Nashville, Mike? Uh, did you have some time to check out Broadway? I, d I did. Yeah. Uh, I went to the world-famous Tootsies um, and went to a couple of other establishments uh, near uh, on Broadway. Um uh, okay, I'll I'll, I'll, cl I'll I'll click them off quick. Uh, I tried the hot chicken, okay. and it was wonderful. Uh, yeah. Although they put coleslaw on a chicken sandwich, I I just didn't. Yeah, you know, I don't. Oh. I didn't. But I I scraped that off, and it was really good. Uh, I I I tried the barbecue, world famous Martin's barbecue in Nashville. Very good. I think I took pictures of the ribs yeah. that that were scrumdilicious. Um couple of nice breakfast places, you know, so, you know, I mean, the food was great. Um, How I'm many people not... can get in? Because when we went to Tootsie's, because we went on a road trip years ago, yeah. it's not that big of a place. It sounds like no. all of the hockey world was in Tootsie's. <laughs> it's three, it's three, it's three <laughs> floors. It's three yeah. levels. And they have a band on each floor. And right. I'm not a big country music fan. So I walk in and I go to the second floor and there's a band that, same band was playing Enter Sandman by Enter Sandman by Metallica, and then did Don't Stop Believing by Journey. So, and, no. and that was not like testing <laughs> virtuosity. Of the band they were just so bad that they decided to throw anything at the kitchen. I mean, it wasn't you know. Now there were a couple country acts that I bumped into that were okay. I'm just not a country person, um, but. I'll I'll give I'll give you the one thing that was really interesting because obviously I'm at the draft I'm bumping into hockey people and yeah. we go to the uh, the league hotel for uh, meetings for the professional hockey writers association or the media lunch or whatever. So um, after the media lunch, uh, I'm with a colleague out on the veranda. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, on I think it's Demon Brun Avenue. Uh, which is where the league hotel was. And apparently like most of the teams were staying in hotels further down the street. So in the span of five minutes, I'm sitting there having an iced tea. Um, the Stanley cup goes by with Phil Pritchard. Oh, wow. The Stanley cup in a big, like in a box with wheels. Oh, and he's okay. Pushing, yeah. And he's pushing the Stanley cup with another helper down the, down the street. So the Stanley cup was there. <laughs> Uh, then Connor Bedard walked by, yeah. uh, and I'm like, I recognized him cause I had just seen him the, the day before, uh, a couple reporter friends, Emily Kaplan from uh, ESPN. And then there were two guys that were both wearing like, you know, dark baseball caps and black t-shirts. Hmm. 
And kind I'm of like, trying okay. to blend in, eh? Yeah, sort of like just yeah, exactly. <laughs> and one was a little taller than the other, and the guys got closer, and I immediately recognized the taller one as Jason Spezza. Ah. And then the other guy was wearing glasses, and as they got closer, I realized it was Kyle Dubas. Mm. And I said, hi, Kyle. And he's like, you know, hey, Mike and Buffalo, hey, how's it going, dude? You know, he's always been very friendly and very, you know, gracious and very, you know, yeah. but, you know, it was like, it was just two guys walking along the street, both wearing Pittsburgh baseball caps and, and, and black t-shirts. It was like two buddies. And I realized it's Spezza and Dubas. It was just funny. And he, is he, uh, and they were both wearing dark glasses. So were they trying no, to like, just uh, only, only Kyle, uh, uh oh, okay. Spezza, trying to disguise himself. Yeah. That's how I, yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> how I recognize Spezza right away. Cause I, you know, he's very, yeah, very yeah. distinct. And, yeah. and then I just realized, it, okay, Spezza is there. So it's gotta be, and then I immediately recognized <laughs> it was Dubis. And I said, yeah, they're really, they're BFFs now, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me and him, yeah. me and Kyle are real tight. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about Spencer oh, and Dubis. That's in Dubis. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, All right. Well, well let's get into the draft now. So, when it comes to the draft, uh, mm -hmm. particularly with regards to the Leafs, what are your thoughts on them picking London Knights uh, forward? Easton Cowan in the first round at 28th overall. Well, okay. It's funny because I, I hang out uh, when I go to the draft with people who are draft people, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, my buddy Russ Cohen, who is one of the co-hosts of off the post. He does a lot of scouting, you know, um, he's been doing it for 20 years. He's hosted a show on Sirius XM radio. He knows these players. I mean, mm -hmm. like I know them simply by boning up, studying up on them. Uh, in the couple months leading up to the draft, but he really knows them in and out. And, and he didn't know who Easton Cowan was. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, Mark Edwards, who does the Hockey Prospect Black Book, which is like the Bible of uh, prospects. I mean, they have like a dossier on these players, like a, like a couple pages sometimes of like detailed analysis of the players and scout and um, uh observations from various scouts he had him ranked in the top 45 and had him as a sleeper going in maybe the higher higher second round and a couple other people had him there but then there were other people who had him as a fourth or fifth round pick now i don't know whether brad for living was trying to trade down because it would have made sense to trade down because if he's projected to go middle of the second round they didn't have a pick until the fifth but nobody was trading. Nobody was no, yeah. there were no trades for the first time in I think 16 years. There were no trades in the first round and nobody was interested in trading up. So they was either take the guy there or obviously you're not going to get him in the fifth round. So uh, they decided to take him. I mean, he had a really good year with the London Knights, a really good playoff with the Knights in the OHL playoffs. He's, you know, not a big kid, but he's not, he was like 5'11", 175, I think. So not a, not a smaller guy, sort of feisty. Um, I mean, obviously he's going to play in the OHL for at least another year and maybe two years. Um, we'll get, he looks chance. like he's, he looks like he's 12 years old. I don't know when you, <laughs> right. when we, 
<laughs> right, and there's and there's actually a picture of him. I don't know who put it out there, but oh yeah, a, the, the yeah. front of the grass glass. Yeah, yeah, the picture the picture of him fa- wearing a Leafs jersey with Cowan on oh, the back, yeah. looking at Mitch Marner, and you know Mitch Marner. This is maybe five years ago, six years ago. So you know the kid was twelve at that time. Now he's eighteen. <laughs> so I mean, let's just say this. There, th- again, I'm no draft expert. There were players that were on the board at twenty eight. That I was like, wow, the Leafs could get Andrew Cristal or they could get Gavin Brindley. And they passed on both of those guys. And both those guys are smaller guys, but they passed mm-hmm. on them to go with Cowan. You know, we won't know whether that was the right decision or the wrong decision until three or four years down the road. Yeah. Um, he seemed like a good kid. Uh, you know, he was very excited. He's a Leaf fan. He was very excited to be selected by the Leafs. So I guess we'll see down the line. But I thought that there were players that were projected to go in the middle of the first round that were still on the board that they didn't take, and they took Cowan instead. So we'll see yeah. what happens in the next few years. Well, it did look like Treliving was on the phone uh, yes. quite a bit yeah. during that, you know, leading up to their pick. And so I, I do wonder if the person that they were really, you know, angling for in the first round already kind of went off the board. And this guy was somebody that they projected wanting, but didn't think that they were going to be there for them in the fi- at the f- in the fifth round, right? There was some speculation, and I don't know this for sure, so I'm just going to, you know, I'll just put it out there and say I, I can't prove whether this is true or not, that the player that they, and I know that this player was being mocked to them at 28, for uh, like three or four mock drafts had them uh, picking Quentin Musty. Yeah, that's who. Uh, that's who we kind of thought that's still, would be a good pick Phil's for them. Pick, yeah. Yes, I was so disappointed. You know, who had a, who had a big year with Sudbury? He's a kid mm-hmm. from. He's a kid from Hamburg, New York. He was number one in the OHL draft. Um, big kid, six foot two. I, you know, there was a lot of talk that they were in on him. Now I don't know mm-hmm. if they were trying to trade up or. You know, maybe after he came off the board, they said, "Okay, uh, the guy, this guy is gone." So. We can trade down. Neither thing worked, and they ended up with Cowan. Like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I know this guy is going to be a bust, or I know that, you know, some people said he was a reach. Some people said that was a sleeper pick and a good pick. We're not going to know who's right and who's wrong for two or three years at least. What What did you think of uh, Wes Clark um, doing the announcement? I guess some people were saying that it's like Trilloving was kind of putting himself away from the pick because like he tech, well, in reality, he wasn't a part of the whole process all year. Like it was like for the scouts and that, that they for scouting these kids. So they had, he asked Wes Clark to make the pick so that if it ends up not working out that mm. <laughs> Wes Clark's face is attached to it as the, as the pick, not trail living. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're reading too much into that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, maybe we are, but I mean, we know that Trill Living was not allowed on the floor until after Calgary made their pick, which is yeah. just a, an absolute joke. I mean, you know, I, 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 <laughs> I, you know, want, I would like to rip the Flames organization for, for that. But, you know, if he had internal knowledge of who they were going to take in the first round, then, and that was the, um, that was the, you know, what, what the Leafs, the, the hoop that the Leafs had to jump through to get for living, then I guess you have to live with it. But I think, I just think it was a, it's an absolute joke that Kyle Dubas was able to 
com- uh, take complete, yeah. uh, you know, have complete access and everything and do everything that uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, Penguins wanted him to do when he had intimate, in, intimate knowledge of the Leafs picks. But when it came to true living, he had to stay off yeah. the floor. He may have been yeah. trying to make a trade. Um, you know, I know that we, we the, as the media talked to Wes Clark after the fact, and, you know, it was funny because, and it's out there on video. He was like, well, yeah. you know, some people were saying it's a reach. You know, we, we had the guy where we had him and, you know. He's I, never I, actually spoken before, though, bef- to the media, right? Like, you, um, know how, you know, how the Leafs tend to keep their assistants away from the media. And, and like, that's the first time I've ever seen Wes Clark. Uh, he spoke, <laughs> he spoke last year in Montreal after. Okay the the rest of the picks um after you know and they remember they traded down so they traded out of the first round last year and had that's when they took Fraser Minton he talked before Dubis I believe in Montreal so okay. one other time right. now, what I'm gonna gonna be interested in is is he gonna be around well, much longer thing. yeah mm. that's the thing I'm wondering about too like is is he like I guess that's why Trilliving kind of put it on him to to make the announcement and then because he's he's not sure himself how long like maybe maybe yes maybe friday was his last day if it was june 30 for the contract i don't know like uh yeah have you heard anything that way about the uh, these contracts with like the executive side there's been no official word um i mean there have been rumors. I mean, I've heard, you know, like Clark was going to go and some of the scouts were going to go. And, um, but yeah. you know, some of them, I know that it was discussed, um, after Dubas left that a lot of these people that he brought into the organization had signed extensions before the events that happened. And, mm-hmm. You know, they may be locked in on deals. Now, if the, you know, it may be a situation where later in the summer when True Living finds the people he, he wants to fill yeah. those positions that he allows those people to, to go. And then more than likely, you know, you would think Dubis would hire them with the budget that he has with the yeah. Fenway Sports Group and the Penguins. Uh, I just know that you look at what Dubis did in Pittsburgh and boy, did he spend a ton of money. And I don't know if it was a lot of good money, but he did spend a ton. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They signed that Tristan Jari, I guess, too. Yeah, with, that was a that yeah. was a little bit of a that one was a little interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Penn's fans don't seem too pleased with that one. Yeah. No, no, they don't. I think they had visions of maybe trading for Hellebuck or something like that. And if you're gonna spend five point three million, you want a goaltender who can actually stay healthy. I mean, he's got almost as many health issues as Matt Murray does. Yeah, I just I saw a lot of people referring him to him as glass 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 jaw Jari. That's what oh, they called him. Glass Jari. Yeah, there you go. Does he have bell on the side? Yeah, anyway. All right. Well, actually, we're into free agency. Let's move on to free agency now. Something oh, yes. a little bit more exciting. We actually had a bit of breaking news in the last. 10 minutes or so or 15 minutes uh, with the Leafs signing Tyler Bertuzzi to a one-year deal. So um, anyways, I was going to say that the Leafs weren't that active, but in reality, I guess they're, they're getting more active as, as we go along here. So at the end of the day, they just announced that signing with um, Tyler Bertuzzi for a one-year deal at uh, 5.5 million. Um, And then 
and there's a no move clause, I guess we read on that uh, as well. And then they signed defenseman John Klingberg on a one year deal. Mm-hmm. And they also signed forward uh, Ryan Reeves, which right. uh, for the three year deal, which uh, we'll get our thoughts on that. But what are your thoughts on the signings? I guess I don't know if you want to start where you want to start with Ryan cool. Reeves or the yeah. top one is Tyler Bertuzzi. <laughs> yeah, let's start chronologically. So uh, it was hilarious that I saw the reaction of the Reeves contract as what are they doing giving this guy three years? And I'm like, the term is meaningless. He's a 35-plus contract. So if he decides he's going to retire, the money just drops off. It's it's no big deal. Also, if he slows down, if he's not playing well and he wants to continue his career and they say, okay, we're going to put you on waivers and we're going to send you down to the Marlies, most of that $1.35 million comes off the cap. So it's, I think it's 1.125 million. Well, if you bury a player, that's how much comes off the cap. So, you know, they would take a hit of uh, probably around $200,000. That's nothing. Yeah, because it was 1.35 million was the Mm -hmm. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, I mean, I think what people are more disturbed about is the direction that Reeves sort of focuses you know, you sort of focuses you in on. And I knew that when they, when Trilliving came in as, as, as a general manager, that the Leafs were going to get more physical because that's the type of team that he had in Calgary. I mean, he brought in, he traded James Neal for Milan Lucic. He brought in uh, Nikita Zadorov, the big Russian defenseman. He brought in Gabranson and he, Tanev. And like, so he, he likes physicality. He brought physical players in. Um, I think this team needs some physicality. So I do, my issue was, and it's always been, and now of course they, what they did in the last 15 minutes uh, <laughs> changes that a little bit. My contention was physicality is great, but you need it in the top six. Uh, and Brian Reeves is going to play. He even said in his zoom call today, I'm going to play six minutes a night, but it's a six minutes that you're going to know where he is on the ice because He'll lay you out. He'll lay anybody out and then he'll fight anybody. So is that a good player to have? Sure. But in a lot of the places he's been over the last few years, you know, his ice time has sort of tailed off and, you know, he's been sort of marginalized as a one dimensional thing. And, you know, I, I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have on the ice, but a lot of people thought that that, you know, that was the first sign of what Tre Living was trying to do, which was bring in physicality. Yeah. Now, yeah. Klingberg is the exact opposite of the that cuz he's um a I heard a lot of people when you talk about Klingberg, mm-hmm. I heard a lot of people saying like why didn't they just sign Gustafson? Like Gustafson, Eric Gustafson went to the Rangers for like 800,000 or something like that. They said that they're basically the same player, but I thought Klingberg, I mean, it was only last season, I guess when he, after he got traded from Dallas, that he wasn't that productive, I guess, when it came to that. But I mean, Anaheim, Anaheim is crap and Minnesota, I don't know. Maybe it just. He, he had, I mean, he had a very good career in Dallas. Now, um, you know, he was very, important for that team making the Stanley Cup final in the bubble. Um I know because I had him on a fantasy hockey uh playoff <laughs> fantasy hockey pool and he did score a lot. And he and that's the thing. He is a really good offensive defenseman. 
Um, he's got a big shot from the point. I contend that he's going to be the point guy in the power play because I love Morgan Riley and Morgan Riley is a really good player, but the one thing he doesn't have is a shot from the point. They, right. you know, he's yeah. a distributor of the puck. Klingberg can blast it. He can blast it as a one timer. He's, you know, you have to be fearful of that shot if you're the opposition goaltender. So Phil and I were always complaining all year about like, where's the shot? We don't have any shot from the point, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, right? right? And Riley's never going to, he's never going to have that. You know, now, you know, Klingberg is not the defenseman he was a few years ago. I'm just looking at his stats right now. He had 67 points in 2018. He's 30 years old. Last year, Anaheim signed him on a one-year deal for, I think, $7 million bucks because they were thinking he's going to put up big numbers and then we can flip him at the deadline. And he put okay numbers up and they got almost next to nothing for him. I think they got like a fourth-round pick for him. Um, he's a right-shot defenseman. That's the reason why they yeah. didn't sign Gustafson. How many more lefties can oh, you have on this tricky. team? Okay, yeah. So oh, yeah. I think Klingberg slots in in the top four with this team probably playing with somebody more defensive minded like a McCabe or a TJ Brody. Um, you know, as then that as a second pair is not bad. Now then, you know, your top pairing could be, you know, Riley and Riley and Brody, Riley or uh, Riley and Timothy Lilligren. I mean, it gives you, it, it, it definitely gives you somebody who can play 20 minutes a night. The one thing that is concerning is like Eric Gustafson, he can be a turnover machine. Um, and you know, that's always part of his game. That's always sort of plagued him. So those who thought that the, you got off light with Justin Hall leaving, and we'll talk about that in a minute, um, <laughs> Klingberg will give him a run for his money in terms of turnovers. Yeah. And I, I think it's still a work in progress with the, with the D anyways, I think for mm-hmm. living. Yeah. Because I mean, we were, we needed more production from the back end, like you're, like you're saying, uh, right? We have, I think we have absolutely 100- not. Yeah, that's a hundred percent the reason that they got him because yeah. that's one thing that we had really a lot of trouble with in the playoffs in particular mm-hmm. is generating any offense from the the D on out. So I'm pretty sure that that's why why they got him. Yeah, and what about uh, and then what about this new signing that we just heard about Tyler Bertuzzi? Oh my God! I'm like, yeah. everybody's saying here on Twitter as we're as I'm looking at it here too is he's basically the replacement. Better replacement for Michael Bunting. My Scarborough guy is leaving us, but um, or has left us. So uh, yeah, I, I I was actually quite surprised. I don't know. Were you are you surprised that they got the? I know it's only one year, but uh, well, the the chatter had been out there that they were in on Bertuzzi for the last forty eight hours. Um, Elliot Friedman and Pierre LeBron and a few others have been reporting that. So I'm not stunned, but what I'm stunned at is the one year. Now, my suspicion was, and I'm sticking to it because what? why not? Um, if they signed Tyler Bertuzzi, that that was a sign that William Nylander was gone. Because um, now that was on the theory that they would be signing Bertuzzi to a six or seven year deal. Does that mean that things change now? It's a one year deal. Well, this could be a, this could be a deal with an arrangement, uh, meaning... Okay, we signed you to a one-year deal. On January 1st, you are eligible to sign an eight-year extension. You know, see what it's like in Toronto. 
If you like it, you like playing with Matthews or playing with Tavares, we can talk contract and sign an eight-year extension at that point. I mean, he's, I think, 28 years old, so eight might be a little long. You know, there might maybe maybe six or seven, but it could be sort of like a, you know, feel your way type of deal. But everything they heard in Nashville was that William Nylander on a new deal, if you expect him to take a hometown discount, you are sorely mistaken. Um, Everything that I heard from people was that he's asking for nine plus, like nine and a half. Yeah. And I'm sorry, the, I yeah, if I'm a general manager, there's no way in hell I'm paying William Nylander, as talented as he is, I'm paying him nine and a half million on an eight-year deal. No way. Um, now, I've been labeled as being anti-Nylander. Well, no, I'm an observer of this guy since he got drafted in 2014. I saw him get benched by... Uh, Sheldon Keefe in a, in a, in a Calder Cup playoff because he was, he was just lollygagging. And of course, the next game, he scores a hat trick. You know, he's got more talent than probably anybody on this team. He just doesn't do it every night. And yeah. when you're paying somebody nine and a half million bucks, you need them to show up every night or most nights. And he, you know, last year, he came the closest to doing that. But I still don't trust him as somebody who will. And he's just a soft player. He's not going to be somebody who goes into the corners. Yeah, but I still think that out of all those three guys, if you're looking at him and Austin and Mitch, he's the one that shows up consistently in the playoffs more than the other two. He Okay, he did against Montreal. um, And he did against uh, Tampa this year. Against Mm -hmm. Tampa last year. Not really. If you remember the, you know, I'm not going to go into the corner and then, you know, you know, and sort of like letting up uh, instead of battling for the puck. And then the previous years, he wasn't good in the playoffs. So he's had a, I mean, compared to, you know, Matthews and Marner, who had not shown up for, I think, what, two or three years straight and then had a good first round this year, he'd been better. But we're holding them to a very low standard when it comes to showing up in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Mitch didn't really have a good playoff this season. He had a good first round against Tampa and then he was a no show against Florida. Yeah. 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 I know. And, um, but yeah, I don't know about, uh, but I'm not (laughs) sure. I'm not sure how like, okay. I mean, it's so fresh here that this happened. I mean, is this a move that is being made like, okay, we're going to keep the gang together for one more year. And we just added a difference maker um, to that top six. Yeah. Is that the, is that the move here or is this we're signing him and we're moving somebody else out? Yeah. I Like if I had to guess that's where I think this is going, because I just can't imagine Brad for living going into the season with Nealander, knowing that they can't reach his price and not have him locked up, and then risk him walking away in free agency next summer. And yeah, you can get something at the deadline, but if you're in a, if you're in a playoff race, you're going to trade a guy who's a top six forward? No, you're not. E- either you trade him now and get the return that you get similar to what Winnipeg got for Pierre-Luc Dubois, which was three NHL players. Either you do that now, or you're just going to let him walk. And I, I just can't. That, that would can't be unconscionable to let him walk. Yeah. Well, my thinking is that he's obviously going to give himself a deadline to do that. I mean, July right. 1st doesn't have to be the day that you do that. 
So, but maybe he gives himself, you know, training camp. If nothing, if things aren't locked up before training camp starts and it's not looking good, knowing the history that we've already had with Nylander holding out. um, And they said too, that they need Matthews has to sign or should sign first. They said, right. Right. They've been saying, yeah. And they expect Matthews to get signed at some point during the summer. But the thing is really, you've got about two weeks. Um, because all these teams are going to be moving pieces around the board in terms of like filling their holes. And after about two weeks, the cap situation with most teams are locked in and they've already sort of filled their shopping list. So not to say that they, you know, they can't make room for a William Neander, but I think right now in the next two weeks, you have the opportunity to get a return like to make a hockey deal. And after that, then it's going to pick prospect and first round or, or player prospect and first round pick. And I, I don't know about that though, because there's, there's, there's some teams though that I think that aren't very active right now because they're really, you know, at the cap and maybe they're not willing to make a move for, you know, the fringe p- slim pickings that there is right now. But if there's somebody like a Nylander that is available, maybe that's enough for a team that has not been active, who actually has some decent assets to make make a move, who thinks that they can make a real good hockey deal that would benefit both teams. Well, I was talking to a former Islander, uh, a blogger for one of the websites I write for. And like, he was like, he was like, sign me up because he's, uh, you know, a first round pick and Oliver Wallstrom and this for, for Neilander. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And it's like, okay, fine deal. I wish, I wish we, I wish we were in, because, you know, that's the type of deal where Wallstrom is a cheap player and, you know, first round pick, you can turn into something. I mean, those deals are out there. Kevin Fiala, who is basically around the equal of Neilander in terms of offense, was traded from Minnesota to Los Angeles around this time last year and then signed to an extension by the Kings. And they got a first round pick and a defenseman, Brock Faber, who is probably going to be their top in their top four uh, next season. So, I, I mean, I think you can get a return here. You can get players that you can plug into the lineup at a cheaper rate. And you've now replaced Nealander with Bertuzzi in your top six. I just think that they have to be different. If they're not different, then what the hell is going to change? And that's the mm-hmm. problem. They have not changed that core for all this time, and you've won one round. And that's unacceptable. Well, what if they make more like a bigger difference on D, for example? Well, I, I I'd like to see how they how they do it. That's well, the for problem. like one person that could go out, it would be like somebody like Brody. Like I know that we have heard that Treliving wanted to trade him before, had had tried to trade him before, also didn't sign him to a free agent deal in Calgary. I mean, not that I'm saying that I want him to go or anything like that, but that's a a move that could be made to maybe upgrade defense. Actually, a player that you mentioned, Mike, earlier, that's Zadorov. He um, apparently, Trey Living really likes him, not to say that he's the same as uh, as Brody. Oh, he's he's a he's an absolute beast. I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a mountain. He's like six foot seven, uh, not very mobile. Um, I mean, the thing is with Brody, I mean, I, I, I really like the way TJ Brody plays. He's very positional. He's not very physical. Um, he didn't have a particularly good playoff last year. I think, you know, 
playing with Jake McCabe and sort of getting used to. He had a couple uh, injuries too. And he had a couple injuries yeah. too. So, yeah. you know, you may see he's got a year left. He's 34, 33 or 34 years old. So, you know, he's getting there and, I mean, it's not impossible that they move move him out, but you know, he gives them a lot of flexibility in the sense that he can play left side, right side. Um, he's very good defensively, so he could compensate for a guy like Klingberg, like I was saying. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you could clear five million dollars by trading Brody somewhere, and I'm sure there are teams out there that would take Brody because he's a, still an effective player. Um. I think you're, but it depends on what you're replacing with him with. I mean, Zadorov is more is more of a sort of I don't think bottom pairing, but he's more of a a four, and he can get exposed by playing too much. And I mean, I I'm all for getting more physical. I mean, if you're going to trade TJ Brody out, and then you're going to go sign Matt Dumba. Fine, mm. Matt Dumba is a right hand shot. He's a physical defenseman, and I think he's 28. So. You know, Sidorf, I believe, is over 30, and he's making yeah. significant money this year. So, I mean, I, I would like to see him, but, you know, but I I, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not completely sold on it. Okay, well, this sort of leads into a little bit of, you know, obviously we're talking about holes that need to be filled in, in you know, what needs to be done to make this team different. So there are a lot of holes in the lineup now because a lot of contracts walked out the door um, and went elsewhere. So like O'Reilly, Achari, Shen, Bunting, Kerfoot, Hall, all of them are gone. So how do you think True Living is going to fill these holes with um, about five to six million dollars left in cap space? And that includes LTIR. <laughs> um, that's that's of today. So, you know, depending on how it goes with, with Nylander and um, Matthews, you know, what else needs to be done? For example, do you think that there's going to be any, any Marley's like anybody in our development system mm -hmm. that could possibly move up and fill some of these slots? Yeah, I do. I mean, they said they re-signed Pontus Holmberg and I think Pontus Holmberg is going to be your fourth line center. Um, I think they, they liked what they saw from Bobby McMahon and he got hurt, but I think, you know, and he had a great year in the American hockey league and he's a big body. So I think you could see him. Um, I, I've always liked Alex Steves and Nick Aberzies. They might, they might get opportunities. Um, so yeah, I think there are three, four Marlies who could move up and get an op get an opportunity to play. Uh, whereas opposed to last year, I think, you know, they, they brought in the Zach Aston Reese's and they, and I do think there's going to be some of that. Cause remember they had 10 unrestricted free agents. So they have to, they're going to have to fill holes. They're going to be bargain basement shopping. They're I gonna noticed be that you didn't mention, uh, Nick Robertson at all in that. Well, no, I was, I was going to list. Robertson and Robertson and not because Nick Robertson really played most of his games with the mm -hmm. Leafs and then got hurt. And then he was out for the rest of the year. Um, so you're I, saying David David Camp is probably we're we're like going from player to player to player here, but David Camp you think is going to be the third line center then? Yeah, because there was yeah. like yeah, because yeah, there was a huge yeah. blow up on Twitter with Leaf fans and everybody's like, why well, are they signing they, him? They got a taste of having Ryan O'Reilly as their third line center, and like it's a drop down from Ryan O'Reilly to David Camp, but David Camp was their second or was their third line center for two years until they yeah. got Ryan O'Reilly. So and he was, he's right. he actually played like third and fourth last year more. And I think 
he was better when he played third line minutes than fourth line minutes. Yeah. I don't think he's a fourth line or fourth line. Yeah. Want more of an energy guy and camp is more of a, you know, he's a good defensive center, a good face-off guy, a good penalty killer. The contract mm-hmm. that they signed to him to was not out of line. So that was a good deal. I mean, if you, you take it position by position, I mean, it's going to be Matthews, Tavares, camp and Holmberg, probably up the middle, unless they add somebody in free agency. Now that they bring in Bertuzzi, and this is as it currently stands right now, yeah. Um, because, like I said, I, I, there's a possibility that they, st- you know, that they trade Neander, um, depending on whether this there is a deal there for Bertuzzi, like halfway through the year, and we're not going to know that until January probably. But right now on the left side, you've probably got Bertuzzi as your number one, Kali Yarncroke as your number two. Uh, Matthew Nyes is your number three, and then it can be one of a number of players, uh, fourth line. Um, and up the middle, I, like I said, Matthews, Tavares, Kampf, and Holmberg on the right side. Currently, it's Nylander, Marner, Sam Lafferty, and then Ryan Reeves. Now, I think there's a lot of room there to add and uh, an upgrade. Um I mean, Nick Robertson could be that. Now, Nick Robertson's not a fourth line guy. He's got to play higher in a lineup. But the problem is he's got to prove he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. one thing he hasn't proved. Um, yeah. Matthew Nyes could step up in the top six, but I don't think they're going to put that kind of pressure on him right away. So if you put him on the third line, even though he doesn't fit in a checking role with David Kampf, you know, maybe Yarncroke plays the third line and Nyes plays with Tavares or, or Matthews. That's possible. Right. All right. Yeah. And uh, you were saying earlier, so you're, you're, I don't know if you really like, did you like Kerfoot, Alex Kerfoot, or as a player? Or did, I know Justin Hall was. Well, okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go through it this way. I, yeah. like, I, I took it personally regarding Alex Kerfoot getting criti- criticized because he was criticized for the salary, not for the player that he was. He's criticized because he was making three and a half million dollars. Yeah, but the a- other the other thing though, too, Mike, is that he was basically supposed to be the replacement for Nazim Kadri, right? My buddy. No, Naz- he wasn't. He no, was no, no. as a center. He was not. No, because because Alex Kirkwood <laughs> didn't get suspended three t- twice in the or three times in the playoffs. He's not that stupid. Um, you know, <laughs> he honestly. It's it's revisionist history. Nazem Kadri had to be traded away from this organization because they could not allow him to stick a knife in the back of the organization like he did twice. He cost them two series. If he didn't get suspended, they would then have. Then how won. did he end up being so great with Colorado? Then and then he went because to Stanley he Cup. played the se- as he was the second line center there. That's Fine. why he, was, he wasn't going to. As soon right. as they got JT, yeah. also yes. there was no space. No spot that I know. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nazem Kadri is not a third but I line. Think yeah. I think Kerfoot, though, was like I, a lot of fans, I think, have that Nazem Kadri thing. Sure. In it. Like, I know Tyson Berry was really supposed well, to be. Tyson, Tyson Berry was screwed by Mike Babcock. Yeah. Remember, that was a, that was the first trade that Kyle Dubas made. 
Mike Babcock was, as as usual, was trying to be the 800-pound gorilla, and he was going to impose his will like he did with sitting Frankie Corrado or be- or begging Lou Lamorello to trade for Thomas Bacanitz or Brian Boyle. You know, he, <laughs> Dubas makes this trade, and what does he do? What does he do? He makes one of the best power play defensemen in the NHL try to be a two-way guy. That's the, that, yeah, the, the Machiavellian crap that Mike Babcock pulled in his years in Toronto is something that somebody should write a book about because it's, you know, not <laughs> only that's the stuff that he did with Mitch Marner, but all the stuff that he did, you know, and, and then of course he milked every last dollar out of MLS yes. before he got his contract with Columbus. Yeah. Can you tell him a little bitter? Um, but I'll just say this. It's like, I, I think that. I mean, right now, you know, the, the whole cadre thing, and this is just mm, going back, yeah. you know, he could not be allowed to stay on this team. After what he did two years in a row, he could not be allowed. Now, the deal, the funny thing is the deal that he rejected uh, was a deal with Calgary to get TJ Brody. And he rejected it because he wouldn't go to Calgary. And then five years later, where does he, he end up? up in Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Why? Because yeah. they paid him the most money. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, and uh, Justin Hall, your friend Justin Hall. Oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's here's the common thread of all the players that left, other than Ryan O'Reilly. And there's a whole story about Ryan O'Reilly that's going around that I don't know. Yes, um, you know, we well, we can talk about that if you want. But other <laughs> than Ryan O'Reilly, every player that the Leafs had got dramatically overpaid from what I thought they were going to get. Um, yeah, love yeah. Luke Shen, love what he did here in Toronto. I wish they could have kept him. He played, you know, he's the type of defenseman that they really needed to keep. And I don't blame him one bit for taking the deal with Nashville because I think he's probably, he was probably being offered half of that on a one or two year deal and he got two point seven five million a year from Nashville for three years. That's more than he's made in one year. He's making more than he's made the last three years. Yeah, like I heard yeah. the most he's he's made the most he's made up to now for the last I don't know how many years is a million dollars, and he made that in 2017-2018. So he's yeah. made like eight eight fifty every year since then. The last time he made over $3 million was the contract that he signed with the Leafs before he got traded for James Van Riemsdyk. So that was the, that was the deal, I think, that lasted until like 2016. And then he was a year-by-year year or two-year guy. And, you know, like I said, he's 33 years old. He's got to think of his family. This was money that, you know, he, in no tax state like Tennessee. It's a rebuilding team. He's a good player. I'm very happy for him. But they, the Leafs couldn't sign him to that. Oh, no. you know. Um, Achari getting three years after he'd been a year to year player gets three years from his old buddy Kyle Dubas. That you know, they Michael Bunting gets 4.5 million for three years from Carolina. I mean, the Leafs were probably going to pay him in the threes on the eight year deal that was talked about, so there was no way he was going to get over four. Honestly, every player should want to come here during the free agent at the at the deadline because the microscope is on this team. And if you have a good playoff here, you're getting paid after this, whether it's here or somewhere else. Every player that left got a, got their salary was elevated Mm -hmm. 
because they played here. Everyone. Nobody, you know, um, Eric Gustafson, I don't even think is an NHL or I know he had 40 some odd points, but he's a defensive hack. Um, and, and, and the, and, and the piece de resistance was Justin Hall. Oh, like, <laughs> oh my God. I think Steve Eiserman had a stroke. Because, <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I was shocked at that. I'm like, I, he's usually, I consider him like a really smart man, but even he got snowed. I uh, was like three point four. Did did he get three point four million for three years? Three years, yeah. It's a three year. No, three point four million a year. I'm like, I'm in an alternate universe, and somebody just slipped. Somebody put psychedelic mushrooms (laughs) on my pizza because to to, to think that Justin Hall got three point four million for being an absolute hack. Uh, as a defenseman, <laughs> I mean, so so bad that they had to bench him. You know, even his, even the coach that loved him, with you know, with with the love, the love of 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 uh, uh, with the heat of a thousand suns. Yeah, yeah. He had three. to bench him because he was so much of a hack. Yeah. Well, I just, I just wow. hope he's he's not this generation's uh, Larry Murphy going to Detroit. No, yeah. <laughs> this is the, the, the in day in day one of free agency where everybody was beating the Leafs to death because they were watching all their players leave and they signed Ryan Reeves. And then it was eventually Klingberg. But at that point, everybody was had their knives out for the Leafs. I said, the best news that the Leafs got was that Justin Hall signed with a team in the Atlantic Division. So now the Leafs can take advantage of his giveaways and his defensive inabilities four times a year that 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 gives them a leg up against the Red Wings every single time. Yeah, and one more note though, the uh, that I think is I think technically the deal is worse is not with the former Leaf Pierre Engvall getting that oh, yeah. seven year deal like that. I think I don't know what's wrong with it. Lou either. Like, oh my god, that was yeah. I don't. We don't. We won't get into that. I just wanted to mention that because no, no. I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, I'll just be. I'll just be quick yeah. on this. Okay, because. <laughs> Um, I said this about Cliff Fletcher about 15 years ago when he came back as Leaf general manager. And even though I have a lot of respect for the career of what Lou Lamorello has done, it's Shady Acres rest home for him because (laughs) now, okay. The one deal that he did sign that was great was Sorokin Sorokin, in a quarter for eight years. He's one of the best goaltenders in the league. That's a, that's a fantastic deal. My Mayfield, maybe you can excuse that because he's a defenseman. And he's a real tough right-handed defenseman. So, you know, you're going to eat some bad years at the end of it. But three and a half million for that guy is great. Pierre Engvall, I like Pierre Engvall, but he's got <laughs> Nylander disease. It's like he's got <laughs> so much talent. <laughs> but then he just doesn't show up for long stretches. And, of course, what he did was he showed up in the last 15 games for the Islanders and played pretty decently in the playoffs. And Lou forgot that this is Pierre Engvall. And he signed him <laughs> for seven years. Okay, yeah. enjoy. That, that, that's, you know, an absolutely horrible deal. Uh, by the way, yeah. uh, there are reports that the Leafs are not out on Max Domi. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, again, yeah. if they sign Max Domi on top of signing Bertuzzi, they have to open up space somewhere. And I'm saying, I'm saying right now, maybe I'll be proved wrong, but the next time I come on 
you know, when I'm wearing, you know, like a, one of those floppy hats and on the beat somewhere, <laughs> um, I don't think William Nylander will be on this team. Mm, all right. For our patio season sale, that will be yeah. our, yeah. it will be on our patio I'll, season, sir. I'll break out the <laughs> 400 sunblock. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going on a limb here, folks. All right. So last thing, we just got to talk about the goaltending. Um, okay. So Eric Schalgren is gone uh, yeah. to New Jersey. Okay. So he got a deal there. Is th- and I'm the is that why they're keeping Matt Murray like to maybe send no. him down to the miners and no, no. It, it, it's fairly simple and it's funny because um I'm at the draft I'm around the the table when Brad for Living is there and I record all the audio on my phone because it transcribes um but I don't have access to my phone when I'm you know, when, when it's recording. So I asked the question, you know, because the next day was the end of the buyout window. And I asked him the question about whether Murray was going to be bought out. And he says, at this point, we're not planning on doing so. And then everybody tweeted it out and I couldn't, you know, even though it was the question that I asked, Mm -hmm. but what's going on right now is they qualified Ilya Samsonov. So he's not under contract, but they're going to go to arbitration. Once they go to arbitration, a second buyout window opens. Mm-hmm. So they're going to sign Samsonov probably to a one-year deal because that allows them to walk to unrestricted free agency. They probably get them at around four million bucks, something like that. Maybe they sign him long term, but I think right now they're gonna they're gonna sign him to the one-year deal and then see what happens. At that point, the window opens up for the second for the second buyout window opens. At that point, they'll buy out, I believe they'll buy out Matt Murray because they clear $4 million in cap space. And if Samsonoff signs for $4 million, then it's money in, money out. So I think he will be okay. bought out, but I don't think he'll be bought out until uh, Samsonoff, arbitra- his arbitration case is scheduled by the NHL. Okay, so they basically sense. just need the... Uh... They need to find out what happens with Samsonov, basically, and that's right. And, yeah, and even, if, even if they they, they submit a qualifying offer, and even if they settle, which they probably probably will on a one or two year deal, at that point the the second buyout window opens up. Now you mentioned Shalgren. If you notice, the Leafs have signed the two Russian goaltenders, their prospect yeah. goaltenders, Akhtiamov and uh, Peksa. Um, both of them are going back to the KHL, but they, they, they're under contract, so they're locked in. And I think that they're probably going to go with Dennis Hildeby with the Marlies, who was down there. You know, I think Wall's going to be the backup or the 1B up in Toronto and Hildeby. And then maybe they bring in another AHL goaltender, um, to be the Marlies tandem. But I, th- I think they want Hildeby to get ice time get to get starts he only came at the end of the year and he's not going back to sweden so i think that was the that is the plan okay so the two russian goalies they're still going to be in the khl yeah Yeah. um, okay they they said that they said that Akhtiamov was going to be assigned back to akbar's um hexa i mean i haven't heard anything about him he may be at development camp tomorrow which will be the first time we get a look at him but um, and I'll ask the question, but I do believe that both of them are probably going back to Russia. All right, all right, okay. Well, well I guess that that uh, answers our Samsonov questions, also. So um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with the arbitration. So 
Anyway, I guess that's all we have. I, there's so much to cover. We oh, really, <laughs> we really covered a lot of ground with, uh, with having you here today, Mike. So everyone check out Mike's blog and podcast on hockeybuzz.com and with the Leafs convo, make Mike is going to be, as he said, at least development camp, which runs the July 2nd to July 7th. So make sure you follow Mike on Twitter for any updates on that. And his handle is at Mike in Buffalo. And since there are some issues with Twitter lately, obviously, I think we've all been super frustrated. Uh, you can also find links to Mike's articles by liking Hockey Buzz on Facebook as well. And you'll get those those uh, articles and insights. So thanks, as always, Mike, for coming on the show and taking yeah. time out of your uh, July 4th Independence Day weekend for us. It's pouring here, so I was more than glad <laughs> to be inside and, and, and drive. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, right. Mike. We'll talk to you soon. For sure. Bye. So it's always great having Mike on the show, and he will for sure join us uh, during our patio season uh, in in the summer. And yeah, just a heads up, actually, for our patio season, we're going to be going monthly. Uh, so our next episode will be in August. But of course, if something else happens, and we have a feeling it will with Brad Trilliving, um making all these moves with the uh, uh, Max Domi joining now that we just uh, we literally heard about an hour after uh, the uh, our interview with Mike and then um, Bertuzzi also signing with us so there's lots of moves coming but uh, so if anything else happens we will we will be on during July as well. So before you go, just a reminder to hit that follow button wherever you listen to our show, Apple, Spotify, or your favorite app. You can also find us on the Believe Network at Believe.com or on our website, LadiesTalkingLeafs.com. Yeah, so and be sure to follow us on social media, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. We would also love to hear from you. Uh, leave us a rating or review and let us know what you think of the show. We also have poll questions on Spotify. So, um, and it's easy. It's just a click. You just say, if you like us, yes, click, right? Um, so yeah, if, it, if you are on Apple or Spotify, it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for leaf content when you, when you give us that rating or review. So, um, but we, uh, and we thank you for taking the time if you do. And another way to help us is by visiting our Kofi page at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. Any donation towards our show uh, helps us produce it and make it even better for you. And you can find the link to our Kofi page on our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. And um, happy 4th of July, too, to our American listeners. Mm -hmm. Just have to get that in there, too. And we want to thank our healthcare workers and first responders for everything that they do. So thanks, as always, for listening and watching. Join us on the patio all summer long. And until next time, go, go Leafs, Leafs, go. Go. Do you believe?